Hello, everyone. Welcome to In Her Space. I'm your host, Irene Wade. In Her Space is your source of inspiration for faith and spirituality, health, motherhood, love and relationships, professional development, community, and just life. My desire with this podcast is to create a space for me, for you, for us, to share our perspective and to give voice to our experiences. Today, we have in the studio author Tyrone Gibbons. Fed up with stereotypical characters used to falsely portray the black culture, Tyrone Givens is committed to creating heroes and heroines as positive images for our children. To reverse the less-than-flattering qualities that diminish self-esteem, self-worth, and cultural value, this master storyteller entertains readers with science fiction plots infused with historical facts often omitted from school curriculum. Givens, a homeschool educator whose high school age children are attending college, is a multilingual, federally licensed airplane pilot. The Benu Project is a culmination of his passions, empowering black children, accurate depiction of our history, and rebuilding our community. For more information about Tyrone Givens, you can go to TyroneGivens.com. So we want to welcome to In Her Space author Tyrone Givens. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Thank you. So glad to have you. And we also have your wife, Keandra, in the house. Thank you so much for being here. And your two sons. So good to have you all here. Tyrone, we just want to just start out. First of all, you have this amazing book. And could you share with our listening audience what your book is about? Uh, well, it is a, the Bennu Project, the first in the series, is a science fiction metaphor for our story. Mm-hmm. I consider it to be all of those lessons that I wish I had known to want to learn when I was in high school, you know, mm-hmm. during Black History Month when certain narratives and themes are promoted and others are not. What was your purpose in writing this book? Uh, well, the idea for it came out of a history lesson plan. Okay. As you already said, I am a homeschool parent. So okay. One day I was having an issue trying to, you know, give a lesson on Marcus Garvey. And the more and more I got through it and realized that I was also learning stuff that I had never been exposed to, I figured it might be easier for me to put it all in one big pamphlet. Okay. And I was, you know, trying to convey these messages to my sons during a history lesson. So the pamphlet turned into something more, and then next thing you know, I had a book <laughs> and way more information to fit in for him. Wow. For that first book. So it started in a way of trying to convey to your children historical facts, things yes. that they needed to know. That is awesome. Absolutely. You wrote in um, science fiction. Can you tell us why you decided to write in this genre? I am a gamer. Okay. <laughs> I say it without shame. They are too. Uh, both of my sons are gamers. I play. I'll play almost any game for the story. I'm right. a big plot person, so I can tell you right now. I've been a hardcore gamer since the release of CE back in 2002-ish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now I get that one. <laughs> I have sons too, and they yeah. The Halo, I know. <laughs> right. Everyone knows that one. So I've I've been playing them since around that time frame longer than this one's been alive right and 
science fiction was always my plot of choice, and so when I sat down and got ready to write this book, I didn't even think twice about wow. which genre I was going to write in. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that's phenomenal because a lot of young men love to play video games and, and those games, especially with the storylines. So that is that's awesome. Now, you masked history lessons within the book. Why did you do that? I'll defer right back to my mm-hmm. great example of my own children. Mm-hmm. I uh, I know what keeps my attention. Right. If you you know, there's more to my bio than what you read. Now I'm all over the place. I'm flying airplanes. I'm writing books. I'm stargazing. I'm doing everything I can. And what keeps my attention is a really good game and a really good story. So That's right. My children are the same way. They like science fiction. So. Are you familiar with the works of, like, uh, The Destruction of Black Civilization or anything by Sheikh Antadio? They're, they're great scholars okay. from the 80s. Okay. And the thing with them is I, was, I really was already interested. I'm a great history buff. Yes. So the, the works that they wrote were great for me because I was already interested and wanted to learn it. Right. But they are kind of, they're hard reads, though. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information, and it gets dry after a little while. So in order to convey these same things to my own children, I wanted to mask it in something that would keep their attention. Yes. So I tricked them into learning about history by making it a very entertaining science fiction. Have you found that to be impactful in the way that you did that? Uh, in my own personal experience? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And then it, the book, even the first one by itself, is well received by educators in my own circles wow even as far as uh i did a similar convention to the dayton book expo in louisville Mm -hmm. and there were some homeschool parents down there who loved the idea and i still communicate with them after they've used the book that is amazing to teach their own kids right and they found that their children stay connected to the storyline because of the way it was written that is awesome now there's a female heroine could you tell us her name and tell us about her, and who did you use to um, to model? Well, there's her. like there's three or four. Okay. Well, my favorite one. Yes. <laughs> uh, my favorite one is the Kandaki. Okay. That is, there's a whole lot of language, and the progression over time in this, and so uh, to keep it simple, the Kandaki is where the name Candace comes from. Okay. And it wasn't a name; it was a title. So it was our queen. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a region down the Nile, southeastern, near uh, Eritrea. Okay. The reason that I modeled the character of the queen in this book after the Candace from that region and then another great heroine, Anne Jenga. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of people who uh, may not have caught that, it's, it's spelled N-Z-I-N-G-A. Mm-hmm. She was the queen of Angola. Okay. During the 15th century... The Portuguese were trying to steal the slave trade that was already in place by the Arab Asiatics up north, Mm -hmm. and they came and encroached on Angola, Mm -hmm. and she was there to stop them. She's the person that, she's my George Washington. She's my personal heroine, because there are statues of this woman all over, actually all over West Africa, that are towering over buildings because she stood firm against the slave trade. And she actually went farther to punish other collaborators who engaged in it. So it make a long story short, she fought the Portuguese for decades mm-hmm. and won. Wow. 
Wow. Even after she lost her own country and rose up to take it back. So when you have children who are reading your project here, what is it that you want them to take away from this? Once they read the the Benu project and um, they get they get engulfed in the the characters and the the storyline, what is your hope that they walk away with? The book, as I tell all the parents that buy it for kids, should be used as a teaching tool or mm-hmm. an aid. It's just meant to be a stepping stone to encourage the kids to go do their own research. Yes. Everything in these books can be referenced to actual sources that already exist. To put it in a format that would make them want to go find those sources on their own. Good, good. And so when you talked about it, we talked a little bit earlier, you said that there is a trilogy. So can you tell, There's, there's, there are... Um, other books connected with this original project. Is that correct? Yes. The the two that are here now, mm-hmm. the Benu Project is the first, and M. Hesetch Jertiu is the second. Okay. But it shouldn't be considered as a sequel mm. because the, uh, the fans that I still communicate with and the current readers really wanted some in-depth background on the Roja character. Okay. Who, who's different from the Kandaki character. Roja is modeled after the last true pharaoh of uh, Egypt. Okay. Who actually lost it. Assyrians mm-hmm. came in and conquered northern, northeastern Africa. Okay. And they took over that whole region, including the Delta and farther up the Nile. And the last pharaoh that stood against them and actually lost his seat for actually permanently was Pharaoh Taharka. Wow. So the Roja character is actually Roja Taharka modeled after him. Mm. And once people found that out, they wanted a whole backstory for her. And so this is her book. And wow. And they, people were not even satisfied with that. So now I'm going to do a trilogy for her and oh, a trilogy okay. for the original character. Wow, that's amazing. For a lot of people who may, um, they have children or they have young men who they want them to get this experience. Where would you tell them to start as far as with this book? Do they need to sit down with their children? Would you advise that? Or do you feel like this is it's self-explanatory enough where they can do it on their own? It depends on the age. Now, in the first book, there are there's, there's mild language, mm-hmm. mild violence, but there's absolutely no sexual scenes in the first book. Mm-hmm. That was something that the fans requested in the second book, so it is there. It's a little more prevalent, but the first book is absolutely kid-friendly. Okay, good. Uh, the readership level is about 12. Okay. Before that, the, the kids will need a little bit of help. But the, the same thing applies to all the parents. I always tell people to read it with the highlighter in the first pass-through because people are always folding the pages and yes. bending everything up to try to keep track of the things they like, and it, it gets overwhelming pretty fast. Right, right. It's 400 pages take you a highlighter. Exactly, exactly. I um, We talked a little bit before we got started with the interview. Your family is here, your sons, your beautiful wife is here. And you can tell that you're passionate about family. It's it's evident. It's so evident. You homeschooled your children, for one. I can't do it. <laughs> so I, I admire every parent that uh, takes that responsibility. Can you tell me, as you were writing this book, what impact did your family have in, in your writing process? The In the first book, one of the first characters you're introduced to is Azabuike. Okay. Okay. A lot of his character is modeled after my oldest son here. Okay. Mainly the personality. 
Now his his name, I'll, I'll backtrack to that in a minute, but his name actually translates to my past is my strength. So that that's a little bit of foreshadowing on what's going to transpire in the book, what his motivations are. It, the, the Bennu itself is the precursor to the phoenix that everyone's so familiar with, but the Bennu is 3,000 years old and it's the first mythological bird to burst into flames and have rebirth associated with it. And that's another precursor to the exact same events that are going to unfold in the book. Yes, yes. Um, depending on how far you have made it yourself, Azubuike has a counterpart mm-hmm, named Sita. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's him. Okay, right okay. The, the little brother feel that <laughs> yeah, you get from him. Yes. That's, you could be talking to them oh, too wow. while you're reading the book. That's awesome. So your 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 family had a huge impact in oh, this. Yes. That's awesome. And Keep, input too. Yes, absolutely. I believe what you're doing here is just so phenomenal. I know that in some circles, um, there have been uh, families have expressed the need for cultural relevant um, curriculum in our school systems. For you to be um, creating storylines that 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 begin to pull that into 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 readership. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Where, what do you want to see? What, what do you want to see with this in the future? Uh, well, my motivations are really simple. I'm not in it for the money or fame. My goal is to help uplift what I see as the source of many symptoms that are kind of plaguing our community right now. Right. I think it can all be traced back to self-value and self-worth. Yes. And if you spend 10 pages in this book, the overall themes are strong families, Respect for elders, yes. strong female characters on equal footing with the strong male characters. Yes, the Council of Elders. I've seen that in. Yes. All of that. Mm-hmm. All those things that I'm terrified to say yeah. for people who haven't read <laughs> <laughs> But all it's awesome. Stuff. Yes. And, but the, the main thing is the culture that exists. With, without getting on too far of a tangent on the different cultures and and economies that are based in those cultures that we have in all these various countries. The one that I try to portray in this book is the closest to what I imagine would have existed in pre-colonial Africa. Everyone is about everyone else. Where we are only doing as well as the weakest or slowest person here. Where it's all about community. Right. we've, We've gotten away from that to something that's more Selfish, mm. more greed-based, and that really doesn't serve right, families, right, and communities. Right. So it's all about pulling everyone up at right. the same time. We're not all winning. If we're not all winning. Um, the name of the book is the Benu Project. Um, the author is Tyrone Gibbons, and I. Th- this is just a phenomenal um, read that he has that he has put together, and it's for our children to build up our children to lift them up to know that they have a greater legacy. This is beautiful. Um, there, there are probably people who are listening in, and I always do this with my guests. I do this all the time. You know, we never know who is listening to the podcast. There may be an, a young male who is aspiring to write or to write his own book, or they may be writing a comic. You never know what it is. Or you may have a young woman who's listening in who is a writer, but they're hiding their um, writings and not really confident in you know, in their abilities, what would you like to, what word of encouragement would you like to offer those, those young people? 
only what I could speak to from personal experience. And I would say that, take me for example, I was that guy that didn't know what a writing gift was until probably two years ago. Okay. Before that, I was writing term papers in the school's parking garage and printing them out on the way in and still pulling B's on assignments right, without right. realizing what I had. Wow. I just... It never occurred to me that other people would have challenges or writer's block or not having easy access to an inspiration or something that could get them going. So the first thing I would say is find what motivates you. And the easiest way for me to have done that was to find things that I already liked. Mm -hmm. I I wrote to my own interests. And I just hoped that there were enough other people who had, you know, shared the same interests. The second half of that advice is Creativity can only get you so far. Yes. I'm as creative as they come. <laughs> These books, you may not even believe, but that book took me seven weeks to write. Wow. And this one took me 11 just because I was paranoid about double-checking everything <laughs> that tied into the second one. Right. But for all that creativity, I cannot tell you how much of a godsend is standing over here to even help me with the basic stuff, the marketing, yes. the the pitches, yeah. the ability to come in here and sit with you. Yes. And he's Turn talking about and Valerie Coleman. About She's Valerie in the Coleman. house today. <laughs> it is because of her mm-hmm. that this book won for science fiction this year, actually. Wow. And then this whole book cover was her inspiration. That's awesome. So That's I, awesome. I always give credit to her yes. So since you're there, I just want to ask you before we we close out, how important is mentorship? Uh, well, that ties into the the advice I would get. Definitely get as far as you can because there are people out here charging you for stuff that's free. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the point where you are have exhausted your own natural talent and you really can't navigate these waters by yourself, find somebody that's comfortable with swimming with and dominating sharks. Yes. Valerie Coleman is comfortable <laughs> in this arena and she really handled everything that I didn't even know I couldn't. Right. Right. So it's very valuable. It's very valuable. Wow. That a mentor is someone who is going to help you learn from their experience, past mistakes and successes. Yes, that's so true. And that is a huge boost. Plus you never know. Who knows who? Half of this industry is who you know. Yeah. Not what you know. Wow. That's that's sound advice. This has been an awesome time of sharing, and I'm so glad that uh, you have uh, you you decided to come onto Inner Space to share your gifts and your talents and your beautiful family, Keandra. I'm not gonna go over there on her. She said, "Don't do it to her. I won't do it." You in the studio and your beautiful sons, and then Valerie Coleman is in the house. She's always on point. Tyrone, thank you so much for being on the show with us. So before we close out, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give final words to our listening audience. Uh, I would just say that. My chief motivation is the struggle for the mindset of the next generation. I feel like a lot of the way, a lot of the reasons and motivations for the way we treat each other, mm-hmm. whether it be badly or not, or the way that we devalue ourselves is in the way that we are raised mm-hmm. and the lessons that we may or may not be exposed to. So hopefully some children in, in the right phase of their lives will pick these books up and get a, a, a boost in their self-esteem and then they will value themselves, respect themselves more, and respect others more when they see themselves portrayed as more than just the stereotypical caricatures that we're stuck with. Right, right. 
Right. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no problem. It is our honor, and we're so glad to have you. Again, to our listening audience, we want you to go to www.tyronegibbons.com. And also, he is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Benew Project, B-E-N-N-U Project. Um, that information will also be at uh, www.inherspace.com. If you want more information, we'll have information about this podcast and also uh, Tyrone Givens in his book. For those of you who I want to know more about In Her Space, we are uh, on SoundCloud, we are on Blog Talk Radio, and we're also on iTunes. So subscribe today. Um, join us again on next week as we have our next podcast. We thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, thank you so much and be blessed. I can't